You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to our very first episode of Metaphysical Fiction. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. You guys might know me from the Thunderquack podcast. I sure hope so because that's where this feed is. Uh, but uh, this is something a little bit new. I'm going to introduce uh, my my co-host or or really the actual host for this show, I, I Carl LeClaire. Uh, how's it going, Carl? Oh, Mike. I'm so glad we're doing a podcast together. All these years of dancing around yeah. things on, on different networks and obviously have been friends for so long now because of the star Wars podcast world. It's, it's fun to, to do something together. Yeah. Well, Hey, we're, we're going on, on almost a, a decade of friendship, right? Yeah. Like uh, yep. it, it'll be, it'll be nine years this summer. Yeah. I, uh, and, and obviously we've both been podcasting that entire time. Yep. That's right. <laughs> but, but, and we've done episodes here and there of like, you've been on my stuff. I've, I have, I've, I think, have I been on it's Wampus been, Lair? It's been a long time, but yes, you have been on Wampus Lair. I have been. Okay. Yeah. I, and, and so we, we've kind of, we've kind of go back and forth with that stuff, but we've never actually done a show together. Right. Um, so for, for, for those who didn't hear, cause I gave a little bit of a primer on the last episode of the Thunder Quack podcast, but if you're coming into this, this is your first time listening. Um, cause you're here for, for, for this show specifically, um, Carl, why don't you give kind of the, the overview of, of what this podcast is going to be about? Well, yeah. what, what our goal is here? Yeah. So I think the goal is to really look at, um, you know, kind of these, so many, they're superhero movies, probably most specifically, but even some other just really fun, um, you know, nostalgic action packed movies, that tend to have really strong metaphysical elements in them. Um, you know, so in case you don't know who I am, maybe this is your first time ever hearing me do a podcast. So uh, like Mike said, you know, I've been doing a Star Wars podcast for almost 10 years now, The Wampa's Lair. Um, and I think one of the things that uh, I like to bring to that show is kind of my knowledge on spirituality and religion. I have a master's degree in theology. Um, it's always been a passion of mine to look at kind of the religious and spiritual implications in movies that really excite mm -hmm. me, which obviously most notably has been Star Wars, but um, something, and we're going to get into a little bit of a conversation about this today, Mike, but uh, this newfound love for the, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe and and really thinking about kind of the those like metaphysical implications of these stories. Um, and this is this is nothing new. I mean, there there have been academic studies going on about this stuff for for a decade or more now, um, especially, you know, I mean, with with the way that the, the superhero genre has really blown up in a whole new way being on the big the big screen. Um, so these are not conversations that are particularly new, but I think doing it in a podcast format is a little bit new and, and doing something in a more dedicated way rather than just like a scholarly article here or there, you know, a, a write up on on a blog post. Um, kind of the idea of the show is to to take some of these really fun, fantastical stories and look at those metaphysical elements in there. You know, um, what are the traces of you know, particular religiosity in them. What is the, what is the spirituality of these stories? And, uh, you know, how do those, 
how do these very secular stories, because they are indeed secular, but how do they kind of almost have this transcendent religious element? And and when I say mm-hmm. religious, I want to define that not to mean that you have to be a religious person to subscribe to a particular religious identity, but I almost mean that these movies themselves have become like a religious experience for yeah. so many folks, right? The same thing that people go to church to have some sort of you know, experience, uh, um, emotional and sometimes even physical. And I think for so many folks that are really part of, you know, these fantastical movie stories like the Marvel universe or the DC universe or star Wars, um, you know, part of what brings us there is that there's this, there's this longing and desire for something that pulls us out of our everyday. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the whole point of religion and spirituality is it's something to transcend, um, the everyday experience. And I think that these movies really help us uh, kind of navigate that a bit. They give us these opportunities to step outside of our kind of mundane everyday life and find some sort of inspiration within these stories. And, and I think that in and of itself makes them uh, incredibly spiritually fruitful, right? If you can go into a movie experience and be affected by it and then go back into your everyday world I feel like it's going to enhance your everyday experience. So I think in a nutshell, that's kind of what this is. And, you know, I was thinking about this as, uh, and maybe we should have this conversation soon (laughs) so we can give context (laughs) to it of where, where this particular new uh, uh, interest of mine has come from. But the whole idea was, is I was, you know, I've been really falling in love with the Marvel universe in a way that has never Mm -hmm. happened for me before. And I know I'm very late to the game on that. Um, but as I've been kind of exploring this stuff, I, you were the first person I thought of. I was like, oh, I, I'd love to talk about this stuff more regularly. And the thing is, is I'm obviously quite, quite ignorant of a lot of things in the MCU because I'm very new to it. Um, I'm, I'm not a comic book reader. I mean, very, very, very low comic book knowledge. So I reached out to you because I was like, Mike, I've got this really cool idea. I think these would be fun conversations to have. But you also like, you know, this stuff, you've been invested all along, like, yeah. you, you know, the source material, you know, the movie material. I feel like this could be a great fodder for wonderful conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I, I and I, I think that we, we we get a good balance there because you obviously have a very good working knowledge of the the Marvel uh, stuff. I mean, much deeper knowledge. We both have have a very deep knowledge of Star Wars. Um, and, and then when we talk about DC and stuff like that as well, and some of these other fandoms that maybe like, depending on, you know, if, if we do this in perpetuity, we'll, we'll, we'll eventually run out of Marvel, Star Wars and DC stuff to talk about. We'll have to, I don't know. I uh, will dig into Indiana Jones. We'll dig yeah. into, uh, maybe the fast and the furious movies might be a good challenge of like, how do we, how do we pull something out of that? Right. Cause, <laughs> cause I do, I, I love, I love what you're talking about with the idea that these franchises become a religious experience for the fans that invest in them. Right. Because it is very much, it is very much the same sort of thing that people talk about when they talk about going to, going to church specifically to have an experience of God or, you know, uh, whatever religion you're talking about when people go to, uh, to a gathering place with other people who are like-minded to have that experience, that shared experience. It is, it is so, similar and for me that started with star wars mm-hmm. absolutely for sure but over the last decade and a little bit has has been um held primarily i think by the marvel movies by the mcu films and, and i have been there since day one because yeah. i saw iron man 
and I I walked out of that movie. I don't even remember who I saw it the first time with. I but Crystal wasn't with me. And I walked out of it and was like, that was incredible. That is one of the best superhero <laughs> movies I've ever seen in my life. Um, Robert Downey Jr. is made for this role, right? Like all of that mm-hmm. sort of experience of it. And then went home and told Crystal all about it. And then one day Amanda was over to record uh, an episode of Quiver. And she had seen Iron Man and was like, and we started talking about it. We were like, this is the best movie ever. We finished our episode of quiver and like like before we even started recording the actual episode i think we bought tickets for iron man that night like so togo watch it at like a 9 40 showing or whatever and we were like crystal you're coming like you have to come with us because because she at that point in time crystal didn't really like because it was like the batman movies and like spider-man and and uh and superman returns and she was like i don't really care to see it it's not that big of a deal i'll see it when it's on dvd or whatever and uh and i was like yeah okay whatever uh but then we we watched it i I watched it and was like so in love with it and then amanda said to crystal she was like no there's stuff in here for you as well like you will also enjoy this movie um kind of kind of i think referring to robert downey jr at the time Mm, um (laughs) and and so the three of us went and so it was my second time seeing it was amanda's second time and crystal's first and it's just like it's that sort of like like that desire for connection through shared experience yeah that i think has transformed these movies from something fun a a diversion into um like something that people craft into their identity and into their lifestyle and like i've talked about it a lot on thunderquack over the last year without new content right like up until wandavision hit um 2020 being a year with absolutely no new mcu content was rough for me and look we got season seven of the clone wars and we also got season two of the mandalorian and you would think that that would have been enough to kind of get me through it and and i mean like i'm being very hyperbolic obviously you know like i i would have survived 2020 without these things but like like no MCU felt like it, it by the time that we hit like September or October, I was talking about a lot where it was like, I am like hard up for this now. Like, like, like it, like it's, it's depressing to think that I haven't gotten these movies, these stories that we were supposed to get. And so now, now we're getting them on a daily basis. It's like, or a weekly basis. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, a fan like me, but and it's interesting because obviously I came into it much, much later. Um, I, yeah. I had seen Iron Man. I didn't see it in theaters. I know I saw it shortly after it was released on home release. Um, and I saw a smattering of some of the earlier ones. Um, nothing ever really captured me until WandaVision. Um, and uh, I was just, you know, I mean, doing the Star Wars Twitter game every now and then, right? Like you obviously are going to see things about the MCU and everybody was just yeah. raving about WandaVision and I knew it was on. I was like, I don't really care. I don't, I don't even really know who those characters are. Like I knew again, like I knew who they were. I knew nothing about yeah. them. Um, I do really like Elizabeth Olsen. Like I I've, I've always enjoyed stuff she's been in. Um, and then the thing that got me to watch it though, Mike was, uh, I, somebody had posted how the final episode of WandaVision reminded them a bit of Ray's journey at the end of episode nine. And, and I, I particularly really enjoy Ray's journey in episode nine. Now I, I, we're not here to talk about episode nine because it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very, um, you know, 
divisive topic. We'll get there eventually. Yeah. We'll get there eventually. But be that as it may, right? Like <laughs> just this idea though of like of a, yeah. of a character kind of getting to take ownership of who they are and who then take ownership of their journey and, and how they identify like that, that the fact that somebody pointed that out about WandaVision, I'm like, those are stories I love. I'd love to. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to check this out. So I sat down literally like a few days after it was finished and I watched the whole thing in one day. Um, yeah. And, and obviously I'd seen people kind of complaining about the first couple episodes. Those were my favorite episodes. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm a huge fan of, I love Lucy, the Dick Van Dyke show. Like I love old sitcoms. Um, so the fact that they kind of did that style, I mean, it just didn't feel anything like Marvel. And what obviously really got me in was the, this character story, this love story of Wanda and vision and this story about how to, how do we process our grief? Um, and I, I, I feel like there's nothing more human than holding grief, right? We've all experienced loss in our life, whether it's a job, a, a partner, whatever, right? Like we've all lost something or someone that means a great deal to us. So the fact that this story, this Marvel story chose to tackle such a heavy topic and tackle it with such grace and beauty. I was just like, just blown away at, at, at that story. And I know like, that's probably what we're, we're going to start as we kind of dive into the, to the, to the show proper in, in the weeks ahead, Mike, I know we're going to probably start with some Wanda stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But the thing was, is I was just, I was so in love with the series. I was like, and, and as I watched, I, I never felt lost from the story. Like I, I, I didn't feel like, oh, the fact that I haven't really seen most of the Marvel movies. Oh man, I'm like, you know, grasping at straws here. What the hell is all, what's going on? It never felt like that. I felt like it, the story was good enough on it, you know, as itself, as itself. But what was interesting to me is all the things though, like the name drops, the, the, the fact that this story clearly existed within a large mythology and I didn't know that mythology well, like just awoken this hunger in me, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And uh, so I, I texted a friend of mine uh, who, who's also a very big Marvel fan. I just said, hey, I just I want to know more of Wanda and Vision stories in the movies. What movies should I watch? He's like, we basically watch Age of Ultron, um, Infinity War and Endgame. Oh, and Civil War. And I was like, OK. And I had seen Civil War and I, I'd always liked it. So I watched Age of Ultron. I freaking loved it. And I know it's not a lot of people's favorite um, Avenger movie. Yeah. It, it's honestly at this point, it's probably my favorite. I think I like it more than Endgame, which don't shoot me. Um, but uh, <laughs> but I just loved I loved that story so much that I ended up watching every Marvel movie from uh, Age of Ultron to Endgame in in that order. And I loved every single one of them in, in their own way and in their own different ways. And like, I'll say this, like when I got to Endgame, the payoff of that movie that obviously all of you folks who obviously have been invested since the days of Iron Man and what, 2008, is that when that movie came out? Yeah. Yep. You know, the payoff there, I felt like was just perfect. And again, like I, I, I think that there was, there's been a huge advantage of the fact that I'm not like in the MCU, like I am like with star Wars, star Wars can sometimes be draining, <laughs> you know, yeah. but when you're part of the podcast community, at least, right. Cause you're, you're always having to engage in conversations that are sometimes annoying. Um, so like to be, it, really just kind of removed and just getting to enjoy these stories. It, it's been a real delightful experience. Um, and then, you know, something that really fed the idea to do this podcast with you. Um, and, and I kind of want to tell this quick little story because I think it's really, uh, really um, appropriate considering. So as of the time we're recording, Mike, right, the, this is the day after Easter. So, you know, mm -hmm. for, for the people in the Christian world, you know, we just came through Holy Week and, um, you know, you, you have Holy Thursday, Good Friday, 
boom, Easter Sunday. And um, uh, Infinity War is just it's it's a hard movie to watch, uh, I, I think. And I'm sure that's true for a lot of people, right? Because because it's just it's Empire Strikes Back ending, but on steroids like the you. I always feel yeah. hopeful at the end of Empire, even though like, yeah, they lose. But you just feel tremendous hope in that final shot. Infinity War, you're just like, oh, my God, <laughs> like nothing worked, nothing worked. And uh, my friend described, and again, this is this is why, like, I I'm kind of sad that I really missed on the theater experience. Um, but my friend described that he's like, yeah, when I saw Infinity War opening night, he goes, it was just like people stumbled out in silence, right? Hmm. Like it was like people were so shocked, and that immediately made me think of the the Holy Thursday service in in the Christian tradition. It ends in silence. You turn all the lights down in the church. You strip the altar bare because it's it's kind of this remembering of the night Jesus is arrested and betrayed and everything's about to go bad. And kind of the, you know, that visceral experience in this religious um, ritual is to be one of like kind of hopeless despair and quiet. So the fact that my friend described almost that same experience coming out of the movie is again why it's <laughs> yeah. like I want it. These, these movies are so good for these conversations, right? Like it's, it's the same experience. Yes. Totally different things, but it's the same thing, right? It's this idea that you left there feeling somewhat empty and despairing and needing hope. You needed to like end game probably couldn't come fast enough. Right. Um, yeah. Easter Sunday can't come fast enough. Um, so I just thought like that, that was like a great comparison of, of, of how beautifully these, these grandiose stories are a really great window into something a little bit more. Well, it is, it is such a perfect analogy, right? Cause then you get to end game and end game is this, this battle. I mean, especially the opening of end game, uh, where, you know, they, 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 they track down Thanos and, and Thor kills him and it's still, it brings him no satisfaction whatsoever, right? Like it, yeah. it does nothing to dull the pain of, of, everything that they've lost and then they they kind of go through it we, we come back later five years later and i uh, i have the whole mission to i uh, to to get the stones and everything and it seems like hey we've done it right and then thanos shows up and it's sort of like it's sort of like that like as much as as you kind of know that everything's going to be okay which is sort of our experience every year at Easter is <laughs> like, we know that everything's going to be all right, but there's, but we still have to go through the crucifixion. We still have to yeah. go through, I, I, you know, like, like the morning and, 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 and those couple of days uh, before the stone gets rolled away. And then even rolling the stone away is almost like that fight, that first fight with Thanos where it's like the stone gets rolled away and there's no body. And it's like there, that's, it's a gut punch narratively. Right. And it's, I think it's sometimes hard for us to take a step back and look at these stories from the Bible that, that we've heard since we were children and really like experience them anew. But I think that again, this is why we're doing this, right? This is why we're jumping into this because, and we're not going to talk exclusively about Christianity, but I think that, um, that that's going to be the main lens that Carl and I are going to bring because that's our experience. Right. But um, but, but there is like that, that if you really think about it and you relate it into, into, uh, uh, end game and uh, like the Avengers in this story, you get that gut punch in, in end game of like, like that, well, they snapped, I think it worked. 
and then you instantly are right into into uh, uh the fight with thanos and thanos wins that fight right he yeah. defeats the three most powerful event like the three strongest avengers quote unquote like the original three right and cap is ready to go down fighting and we're all there with him we've had the highs and lows of that battle with mjolnir and the and everybody getting <laughs> the snot kicked out of them and and the shield being shattered and all of that stuff and he he, he straps it back on and that's when we get on your left, right? Yeah. Which, which for those of us who were there in 2008 and have been there the whole time, it like that moment is just, it's visceral. Like there's no other way to describe that other than to say that it's visceral. It is a physical reaction in your body um, of like, I, it's just, just relief and joy and satisfaction and all of these things that like all of this time that you've invested into this, that it is going to mean something. And then as the portals open up and Alan Silvestri's score is just the perfect, I mm-hmm. uh, uh, sort of like punctuation to, uh, to the moment. And we get all of our heroes returning. And that is so similar to, like 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 they've rolled the stone away and it's like there's no body and then they hear a voice from behind them sort of thing of like jesus being like hey i'm here (laughs) right and he looks different and there's the whole like we get into all of the the sort of like the 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 textual stuff there but but it is like it is the like sort of turn around to be relieved at like what 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 we were told has come to pass, right? It's like, and it, this, to bring in another analogy, it's the, it's the Obi-Wan Kenobi sort of thing of like, strike me down and I'll become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. There's no way that that's not written with the context of Christ's resurrection, right? Like that is like, like, like these stories, these mythologies that, that we've built up ourselves are so tied into these other like sort of cultural identities, whether it's Christianity or Judaism or, uh, or, uh, Islam or, or Buddhism, whatever. Right. Like, like, and I, and I think that one of the best things that fandom and genre storytelling does is exactly what you were talking about before. Like these are secular stories, but they are secular stories with the same purpose that non-secular storytelling has right right um they work in the same way that when jesus would teach through allegory to to prove a point it's like well if i show you a drama it's not going to hit with everybody right it's it just doesn't it just doesn't have the access the accessibility like of a goodwill hunting or you know something like that right that like some people are gonna be like i'm not i don't i'm not into this story i don't i don't want to watch a drama but almost everybody is down for a star war or a marvel or a dc right like like it's it's hard in this day and age to find a person who is so much of a stick in the mud that they're not willing to have a little bit of fun with one of these sure types of genre stories like like again fast and the furious right like bringing in some of that other stuff um indiana jones whatever i i or even like getting into like the boys or invincible or like some of these other things that are sort of these twists on that on that storytelling they all actually come back to the same thing they are all centered around morality and right and wrong and examining those things and as as someone who is was raised 
Christian, but is also Jewish, um, and 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 like descended from from Jewish family. I so that that heritage is still there, and that culture and tradition is still there. A real big thing in Judaism is exactly what we do on our podcast. It is taking a look at the text and saying, "But what does it mean?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, and that. I, I, and, and, and it crosses over into Christianity because there is the story of, of, uh, you know, when Jesus sort of, uh, was lost when he was a kid and they, they went into Jerusalem and, and his parents lost track of him and they found him in the temple, just like debating with the rabbis, just like, just like taking them to school. Um, and, uh, and like that, it, like, that's the Jewish tradition that, it, that is what, uh, like religious expression is in Judaism. It is very much like, Hey, like it's there. The the book isn't so much about answers as it is about questions. Mm -hmm. Right. When we talk about the Torah um, and how we arrive at right and wrong through asking those questions. And we do the exact same thing with these movies. We do the exact same thing when we watch civil war and we see captain America on one side and iron man on the other side. And they're both right and they're both wrong. And it's not about one side winning over the other. That's not what that story is about. That story is an allegory in order to put us into a position where we as people question, where do I stand on things? How do I feel about this? Uh, you know, safety versus rights and freedoms, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it gives us that ability to approach these really heavy subjects through these really light, fun entertaining lenses and and again another place where you and i cross over is is that we've both uh, uh worked with youth uh and in in a, in a teaching capacity right yep. i mean you way more seriously than i ever did but 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 we both look at it at at teaching and and i look at it certainly and go the easiest way to teach a, a kid especially is to entertain them first and then and then slip that knowledge in there right inside it's the spoonful of sugar method right it's like (laughs) like if you are a boring teacher no one's going to learn anything from you you have to have some showmanship you have to be entertaining you have to be engaging uh you have to listen (laughs) that is one of the most important things that i think most teachers miss out on i i and and one of to me one of the best ways has always been by by meeting people where they are with whatever pop culture they're into. Right. Yeah. Well, so, and, so that's, it's just such a perfect lens to do this. It is. And, and, and even, you know, that, that reality of, you know, the Jewish experience of always breaking down scripture, um, you know, the, that was my focus in graduate studies was, was scripture. And, and I, I was, a you know, I taught scripture in high school for several years after finishing my graduate degree. And there was nothing more exciting and challenging than teaching soft freshmen and sophomore in high school, stories from the Bible and like not in the CCD sense of like, Oh yeah, God is nice and everything, but like actually digging into the text and, and, and the, and you know, the, the very uh, difficult text of like, you know, Noah's Ark, it's a tough story, <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. But looking at all these things and, and the reality that like, you know, from my educational lens, as well as my experiential lens lens is the, the importance that scripture is always being reinterpreted, right? Um, that it is not a, uh, a static thing that was spoken once and is done being said. Now, so like 
like the evangelical tradition, this is why I always run up into issues with them is, is they're, they're very, very, very static. And that's very, very literalist. Yes. Very problematic as a result. And I would Mm -hmm. translate that into these conversations here, because again, like I said earlier, I I've never been a big comic book person. So, you know, if, if we're talking about, you know, Iron Man later on and you're like, Oh, well in the earlier comics, I'm not gonna know anything about that or, but you know, I've, I've always enjoyed Batman. So I've, that's the comic series I've read the most. Um, but like you look at how each of these incarnations of Batman tell slightly different stories. And, and I mean that to the extent that even, even these sacred texts, if you will, we're constantly reinterpreting them for new days. Right. Yeah. Um, so like the, the whole concept of, in civil war about, you know, uh, your rights versus safety, you know, this was a comic series written in, I don't know when that series was written. Was that the nineties or the two thousands? No, it was, uh, it was early to mid two thousands. Okay. I want to say like around 2005 or 2006. So clearly probably a a, a bit of a commentary on like the Patriot Act here in America after, you know, September 11th attacks. Absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. That's what civil war was about. So like, so like that's a story that you can still tell later on. Right. Um, Like the, and that's, what's so great about these stories is like, even when you tell, you know, maybe because right, we have, there's another Batman movie coming out, which is an earlier story of Batman's experience. You know, it might be slightly different than the dark Knight stories from Christopher Nolan or, you yeah. know, the, the Tim Burton ones from the, from 89, you know, and the importance is, is that's okay. And I would say that that's good because how is it speaking to generations now? And right. Even yeah. Star Wars kind of has to do that, right? The sequel trilogy had to kind of tell, a story, a moral story for today's world, not for the seventies. Right. Um, so it's, it's like these, these texts themselves are always going to be being reshaped. Um, and I think that that's really important work. Um, and the reason that people are still drawn to these stories is because there's something compelling there. And like you were saying, they're, they're, they're fun adventure stories that also have, so much going on under the surface if you want to explore that um and the fact that something like on your left can make your body just start to tingle (laughs) tells you that there is something there right um and yeah i i think that's why these these conversations can be just so important and 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 really worth having um you know and and it's it's if again like as someone pretty new to the to the mcu this is just like a cool time because now you're getting all these new stories, um, right? We're, we're in the midst of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Loki's coming out in just over a month. Um, you know, we have all these new stories. We have Love and Thunder coming out um, next year or in two years. I can't remember which, but right. So a, 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 a new way of pushing the Thor story forward. And what's yeah. so cool is it's, it's very clear that all of these things are informed by what came before but they're always being tweaked and updated. And I think that's just such important work. And again, like I go back to that argument of like, that's how I interpret scripture is it's, it's to say that this stuff is really sacred and Mm -hmm. clearly inspired by something transcendent. And yet it's constantly speaking because if it only spoke once it's useless today. So if it still speaks today, you have to reinterpret, you have to re-understand. And uh, you know, again, there are audiences that would disagree with that, but I think that, I'll just be blunt. I think they're wrong, but, um, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and, and created a lot of violence with that wrongness. Um, but, uh, you know, like, um, these stories too, you know, they need to be shaped, changed, reinterpreted, 
um, in order to continue to be relevant. Well, and, and I, I, I think one of the most important things is, is kind of what you already brought up when you're talking about Civil War and talking about the Patriot Act and stuff like that. Historical context is so key to understanding the text um, in any situation, whether it's the MCU or Star Wars or uh, Shakespeare or the Bible, right? Like if you don't understand the historical context in which it was written, the life that the person who held the pen or the the quill <laughs> or uh, you know whatever whatever writing implement they were using um, lived under, then you can't understand the text. Yeah, and uh, to me that has always been one of the biggest failings of sort of re- the religious institution. Right, is that the religious institution? They're 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 big ships. And it takes a long time for a big ship to turn, as we have just recently seen with the Evergreen. Uh, you know, a big ship can get stuck in a small canal. Um, and I think that with like things like we talk about evangelicalism, uh, it is very much that situation where it is so rigid, it is so big, it is so uh, uh, immovable that um, it just kind of causes grief. It's and and you need to be fluid. You need to be. Um, agile, you need to be swift and you need to, you need to be able to sort of let go of certain things um, in order to move forward. And, and one of the best examples I can give of that in terms of Christianity specifically and, and the Bible is that the majority of uh, modern interpretation, or I, I don't even want to say modern, I would say like, like, I don't know, maybe we're into postmodern now. I'd have to really think about that, but sort of the, the, the religious interpretation that I think that we grew up with was very much based on things like the King James version of the Bible, which is a horrible translation that was very much altered by the people who held those pens. Um, and, and, and the message was bent towards the will of really the, the, the British monarchy at the time. Right. right. Uh, right. Uh, and, and the Catholic church, and when I look at religious texts, when I look at uh, Christianity and, and the Bible specifically, I I try to find translations that are closest to the original intent. And then I have to learn about what the original intent was, right? So for me, um, when I was doing my study uh, years ago now, uh, a, a decade ago now, um, I was looking at the New Living Translation, which at the time was the most current most uh, sort of you know uh, looking at it from like a scientific standpoint like like the science of language the most accurate translation um and it's funny because at the around the same time that i that i was learning using that as my guide i uh, there was the uh oh man what i can't remember what it's called <sighs> I have because I ha- I have a couple of Bibles and and one the one that I usually go to when I need to look at something is the NLT, um, but but there's this other one that came out that was like much more expressive and like poetic. You, uh, you're thinking of the uh, message. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, and it's funny because it's it's very much like hey we're gonna look at this with the scientific context that the NLT tends to look at things, um, which can be a little bit obtuse. It's a little bit like getting into Shakespeare where you're like, I need to research what this word means <laughs> in order to understand uh, more about this context. And thankfully you can get Bibles that literally have that 
sort of in the margins, but, uh, but yeah, the message with the message, it was like, we're going to inject a little bit more of that poetry back into it, which is one of the things that the King James version actually does right is that it actually like it, it, it brings forward and translates a lot of the Hebrew and, and Greek and Aramaic poetry of it into something that that audience could appreciate. Unfortunately, it also came with all of this weird context around essentially political ideologies of the time. And those political ideologies tend to be the things that fuel a lot of the things uh, that, that we talk about being problematic uh, with certain sects of Christianity at the moment. Mm. But, but it's funny, like I said, w- with, with star Wars, we'll get there eventually um, when it comes to uh, uh, the sequel trilogy, which has al- it almost parallels like the split of the church into catholic and protestant right it's like like the disney era is very much that same sort of thing for star wars fans and you end up with these different sects and these different camps Mm. yeah of of star wars religiosity around like what's canon and what's not right (laughs) for sure um well and so it's i we won't just be kind of looking at um, cause I think for the Marvel stuff, we're going to kind of break it down by character and we'll go through, I think, like you're saying, the first episode, I think we'll do Wanda. We'll do an episode on Tony, an episode on Steve, an episode on, on maybe Black Widow, uh, when that comes out, like around then. Right. Um, and, and, and we really want to look at it, like not on a movie by movie basis, but like, over, look at these arcs, like, let's look at this character and their thread throughout all of the stories that they participate in and what is their role and sort of where's, where, where are the spiritual talking points, um, in relation to that. So, um, but we'll all, I think we'll also get into sort of the, the, like you said, the religiosity and the, 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 uh, institutional elements of fandom because they exist whether whether they are formal or not there are institutions built around these things i mean well <laughs> we get we we would like to get together more often but we get together every few years at star wars celebration and uh it that is very much like a religious convention for sure <laughs> well and you know and and something maybe the last point i'll make um it, it, I think as, as we like do these conversations and do this work also is the importance of looking at who wrote these stories. Right. Um, and what's informing them. And, and I think what's really interesting to look at, and, and I, I can't speak with any knowledge about how the Marvel movies have been written. Cause I know so little, um, but thinking of like, I want to use the example of Ryan Johnson and JJ Abrams real quick, you know, with the way they interpreted star Wars. Um, and this is not to get into a debate of who's great and who's not, or it's not about that at all, but just looking at their different approaches. And you learned those approaches if you watched, you know, the director and the Jedi special from Last Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker making of thing from, you know, episode nine. And you got a, two very different takes on how they interpreted looking at how to create a Star Wars story. And to me, it just comes down to which do you prefer? Because I don't think either one is right or wrong. Um, but I think what was really great with Ryan Johnson is Ryan Johnson did kind of what George Lucas did with the original stories, which is look at old myths, look at old stories um, that had cultural significance and kind of bring them all together, gel them and to tell it kind of a new way of telling an old myth. It seems like that's what Ryan Johnson did a lot of when he wrote episode eight was he looked at the things that inspired early star Wars, right? He looked at Kurosawa films. He looked at, Mm -hmm. um, you know, all sorts of things that inspired George. He went kind of to the source material where I would argue JJ 
didn't really do that work. JJ just looked at early Star Wars and retold early Star Wars, right? So it's it's almost like a uh, he didn't break outside that world. He kept it kind he of. He did. Small. did I, um, I would agree. JJ yeah. didn't create anything particularly new when it came to Star Wars. He kind of just photocopied it. It's yeah. a Xerox, right? Right. As opposed to to what Ryan Johnson did, whether you love it or hate it. He, like you say, he goes back to the source and he creates a completely new type of Star Wars story, but comes to the, some of the same conclusions in the way that he tells his story. Because if you go to the source material, that's what you're going to get. Right. Right. You're going to end up with something that looks a lot like Star Wars because it, it you're you're sourcing it from the same inspiration. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't, I don't bring up that point again to try to get into an argument over whether you liked either one of these or not, but there's a clear difference in how they chose to interpret telling their stories. And, yeah. you know, and I think there'll be a preference for which one you prefer. And I think this would be, and again, like this is why I'm so glad to be doing this with you, Mike, is because when we have these conversations about these characters and these Marvel stories, you know, who wrote them, where are they getting this stuff from? Like, I don't really know that. Like, yes, I can. I'm, mm-hmm. I plan to do some research because I love doing that sort of stuff. But I also know that I can rely on you because you've already done a lot of it. That knowledge is already implanted in you. <laughs> um, yeah. But right. So like, what are the what are these stories they're drawing on? Like with WandaVision, how how I know nothing about the character of Wanda in the comics. So like, are they totally deviating from things? You know, what was her relationship like with Vision and other interpretations of her story? Right. Like, so I, I just feel like th- these are kind of like fun things to also be thinking about as we have these kind of deeper conversations, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to kind of moving forward with you and, and having these conversations, you know, each month and, and hopefully really, you know, digging in a bit and, 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 you know, all of you who, you know, choose to listen, hopefully you'll walk away having learned something or maybe even asking some new questions yourself. That's to me kind of the point of, doing this series. That's kind of the whole point of why I started a Star Wars podcast is just trying to think of fun, new ways to think of Star Wars and ways to challenge ourselves to think about Star Wars. Like that's what I want this to hopefully be too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and, and it, 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 it's a two way conversation. This isn't just us sort of talking at you guys. I, I, you'll definitely have the opportunity to, uh, to, to hit us back with, with your thoughts and, uh, uh, definitely let us know, you know, cause we're kind of, we're going to break this into seasons, So we're not just going to stick to Marvel forever or, or, you know, go with Marvel until we run out of stuff in Marvel to talk about. We'll, we'll kind of have a chunk. That's going to be a, a bunch of MCU stuff. Cause well, that's what we're, that's what we're interested in right now. I, and then we'll eventually switch it over and that sort of thing. But let us know who are like, what are the characters that, that you guys would love us to dig into and sort of the, the, the threads and stuff like that. Well, I can, um, I can say right now, Mike, I'm going to just put this out there now because hopefully finally this October or is it early November, either late October, early November, we're finally getting the new ghostbusters movie. So I yeah. can guarantee that in, you know, mid to late fall, we're going to talk about the ghostbusters movies on here. Absolutely. Um, Cause there's Absolutely. all sorts of metaphysics in those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Uh, there, there's so much there. There's a, yeah, there's a whole season just on, uh, the, the <laughs> two movies. <laughs> I'm just going to say two movies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We can, but we can definitely talk about answer the call. Um, and I, I, cause it's a very, it, it's a very similar conversation when we talk about rise of Skywalker mm. and, uh, and, and sort of the, 
you know, yeah, really the sequel trilogy. Well, and, and and sort of it, it kind of might come out at an opportune time too, because it'll give us an opportunity to talk about, right? Like, cause it is, it's going off of the first two Ghostbusters movies, which have had this yeah. established canon for, you know, 30 plus years now. Um, 20, I'm not good at math. It's been a while, but, um, <laughs> yeah. but right. But now this is a new story. So what are they doing with it? Right. How are they, how are they choosing to interpret a story that grabbed people's attention um, yeah. gave them something to feel excited about. And I do think that there's more to Ghostbusters than just, it's a, just a fun action comedy. It, it is a lot more than that. Yep. Uh, yep. So I'm looking forward to like conversations like that. Yeah. Well, and we can get into the whole Dan Aykroyd of it all and yeah. talk about oh, his, like, I, I took a, I, I took an entire class in, in college on um, uh, occult religions and we did a whole section on the spiritualist movement. So I can't wait to have that conversation. Yeah. It's yeah. So. It's great. Um, awesome. Well, let's wrap it up there. I, that I think that was a great first conversation. I think people now know what to expect. I, uh, and, and I hope everybody is as excited to dig into these conversations as Carl and I are. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, this is, this is kind of my favorite project that I've got going right now is, is this one. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm I, really excited about this. It's fun to do something yeah. like, uh, you know, I, I, I love Jason so dearly. I mean, he, he's been with me nearly 10 years doing the Wampus Lair, um, and talking Star Wars every week for nearly a decade, but it's fun to like have somebody, you know, like you and I have been friends and almost that whole time, but it'll be fun to have this kind of conversation with you know somebody new and yeah. a new type of conversation i think it's just exciting totally um awesome well i you guys know all of the uh if you listen to the thunderbark podcast you know all of the the specific details for that uh you know uh, the twitter and uh facebook and whatnot um uh if you're new to the to this podcast uh know that we do have a patreon over at patreon.com slash thunderquack that you can head over to to support what we're doing and get uh get some very stuff in specific relation to this it means that you'll get the episode normally uh early you get it on the tuesday as opposed to the friday when it goes out on the general podcast services um but uh this one we've given to everybody uh uh ASAP because we just want you guys to hear it and get into it. And you know, the first taste is always free. That's uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's how we do it. That's the marketing. Uh, but I, uh, I, but yeah, I patreon.com slash thunderquack. Um, Carl, where can people find you online if they want to follow you? So I don't have anything personal. So yeah. <laughs> follow through that. I mean, I, we have Wampus Lair stuff, but that's obviously all Star Wars conversation. Although I have been doing a lot of Marvel tweeting um, lately um, at Wampus Lair, but, uh, maybe you and I will have to have this conversation offline here in a minute, but maybe I can get a l- little more involved in this social media too. Cause I have, I have a lot yeah, of thoughts sure. I like to sometimes post, but I'm like, these aren't Star Wars related and I don't want to, like, <laughs> I want to bombard <laughs> yeah. that wall. It's not for it. So maybe I, maybe totally. I just need to finally make my own Twitter, but I don't, I, you know, maybe just take the, take the, the, the dive, but yeah. I also don't, uh, cause Twitter is a hellscape, but <laughs> yeah, I, man, there's a whole conversation there. Uh, you guys know where to find me at Ark Wolf on all of the social media channels uh, on uh, Instagram, Twitter, what have you. Um, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, if you don't know how to spell it. I th- thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, we'll be back next week with a regular episode of the Thunder Quack podcast. But, uh, and we'll be back with this one. Uh, Metaphysical Fiction will be every fourth week. Uh, so... As a matter of fact, I think, I think, is it this month or next month? We, we do too. <laughs> Maybe it's, it might, 
I think it might be this month. I hopefully well we should right it should that. be this month. I think we should do another one sooner rather than later. Just to just to get a get a get a quick flavor again out there of what the conversations yeah. will be like in 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 a, in a more specific term because today was all general here's what we hope to do <laughs> so yeah for sure um but uh yeah we'll, we'll be back soon with another one of these conversations uh make sure you're subscribed to the thunder quack podcast feed to to get all of the episodes uh and uh we'll we'll see you guys on the next episode thanks for listening metaphysical fiction is part of the thunder quack podcast network Head to thunderquack.com for more great podcasts or follow us at thunderquackpod on Twitter and thunderquackpodcast on Instagram.